Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and my guest today is Kevin Roy, the co-founder of Green Banana SEO, a pay-for-performance SEO and digital marketing agency. In today's episode, we're going to talk about SEO and the Pareto Principle. Hey guys, we got Kevin Roy on the podcast today. I'm super excited about having him. We've been we've been trying to pull him in the last few months. Finally, he was able to figure out some time and we can get on the podcast. So Kevin, once again, man, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. I wanted to talk about, we always start the podcast off with um, just kind of getting to know a little bit about our guests. And so can you give us, like, give us a little background here. Like, where are you, where are you currently located? Where did you grow up? Give us a little background story here. So we are um, in a little town called Beverly, which is about 15 to 20 minutes um, from Boston. So it's on the kind of the, the North Shore. And I actually grew up in Beverly. I don't live here. Offices here. Um, you know, I, I went to UMass undergrad, then went off to um, Bentley for grad school. So I've, I've lived outside of Massachusetts, but I ended up coming back. Yeah, went back to the back to the hometown. Well, you gotta, you know, sometimes when it's it's more familiar. And then I've actually been out to Beverly. I I in, I was in Boston, and I've I've been through the well, Beverly area, and okay. in that area, it's absolutely beautiful. Do you guys have you guys have like a bigger property out there or something? Because I saw that you. I know we you have some chickens and two cats, and you've got to have a pretty good sized property out there. Yeah, so I I live in Wenham, which is a little town that's uh, it's like a little horse town that's about fifteen minutes away from. Beverly and yeah, my um, my wife really wanted to have a lot of animals. So yeah, so we have eleven chickens, a rooster, a dog, two cats, a gerbil. I always say that that at any any given fifteen minutes, something is pooping at my house. Yeah, for sure. That's the only guarantee. So uh, it's kind of funny. So it's like you're talking about your wife that obviously you guys have the farm. You got uh, pulled into it, maybe in a good way, right? But my wife also is like been trying to pull me into getting a farm. And it's been one of those situations where I love animals, but I think the animals will get in the way of me being able to try to travel or do anything like that. So what is what is your experience been? I know you guys have chickens and gerbils and all kinds of fun stuff. So the, 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 the hardest thing is the dog, really. It's the dog we need, dog sitter. Chickens will live for a couple of days, you know, or, or a week with just chicken feed and water. And, and then you have the, the dog sitter will come by and, and take care of them. So that's, that's not really hard. It's the, you know, letting them range out in the yard and then like hawks eat them and, you know, coyotes. Keeping them come safe. In. Yeah. Know, it's, yeah. It's not like I, I, you know, it's not economical. You don't make any money off chickens. Uh, they don't produce eggs in the winter. Um, mm. so they're, oh, no. you know, they're, I don't know. It's a, it, it's more of a fun thing to do. And my kids love it. And you know, I See, think, I think a- that would be an upside. So I can understand the kids probably love it. The funny part is about kids. And I know this happened with my son, my son's off in college now, but I know back in the day, he was like, I want to get a dog. And he's like, I'll take care of it. And then like two days later, he's like, I love the dog, but I'm not going to pick up the poop. I'm like, well, what was the agreement we just talked like 48 hours ago? And he's like, yeah, I'm just not going to do that. So I'm like, okay, great. So is your, have your kids obviously taking 11 to the chickens and they're helping out and doing their thing? Oh, no, they, that's the exact same as, as you. They, the the okay. deal was you get the chickens, I don't have to take care of them. And I'm sitting out in the yard looking. There's no food in the chicken coop. I, I can't not. I can't not feed the chickens. So I had to go out and feed them. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, all, all, yeah. 
with animals and kids, you realize that it's usually a short-lived agreement. Uh, just so if anybody out there wants to get, you know, just know that if your child comes up to you and starts crying and wants a dog, that it will be your dog, that you will take full responsibility yeah. for that dog. That's the only guarantee. And now they want another one. Dad, let's get a puppy because puppies are cute. So yeah, yeah no. they are until they're not cute and then they start pooping and then they turn into responsibility. So we, we all know how that turns out. So how, so tell us how big is your family? You've got obviously a wife, boy, girl, what do you got going on? a seven-year-old girl and an 11-year-old boy okay there we go so you're you're in the, the they're going on the later half on some there so okay i get that yeah see my son's 21 so he's out at college and he's he's almost off my payroll so we're gonna once he gets finished his college up it will be good things will happen we're excited about that um well cool well tell us about like give us a obviously where you grew up in beverly give us some you got any interesting facts about the place where you grew up anything fun exciting so I mean, Beverly says that it's the birthplace of the American Navy, right? But there's there's competing towns that are arguing the same thing, and I think they mm. just gave up on it. Um, most people know Beverly because it's right next to Salem, where the witches are. Um, uh, and uh. that, in when you're, you know, when I was younger, going out on uh, Halloween in Salem was unbelievably fun. So oh, now I imagine kids. And go on Halloween night, you know, you go to the festivities before this pre-COVID, they shut it down for COVID. Um, but it's super fun. And there's so many interesting people in that town, even now, like on off season, it's, all, it's a really fun people watching. It's a super cool place. Is there, and do you think there's still, I mean, and once again, the witch thing is, is debatable if they're ever there or whatever the deal was, but, but it, it brings kind of an interesting crowd there just because of the history of it. Oh yeah, they were like practicing witches. There were black churches, uh, like you know, like not like not like uh, gothic um, churches, and um, it's really yeah, like the the Church it's, of Satan and interesting weird stuff. You know, there we go. I mean, why would we not have that in the town of Salem, right? I mean, that's like everybody. This is where everybody's free to practice whatever they want there. So come and come to our black church and come check it out. It's super cool. It's it's a it's a very it's a very fun, funky, cool town. I love those kind of those kind of quirky towns. I mean, I'm I'm in California, so we've got towns like that every you know every, every once in a while. There's little hippie towns or little something, but I, I love that kind of quirkiness. It's kind of fun to be able to go there and and look at other people's opinions and culture and the way they do things. It's kind of fun for sure. Yeah, it makes it fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you said that you went to UMass, so that was um, and you did your undergrad there, and then you went to Bentley for your MBA, right? I think you had said that a little earlier. That's awesome. I, you know, what did you graduate with? So in um, at UMass, I graduated with a master's in, I mean, not sorry, an undergrad in politics. Um, and honestly, I don't know why I picked it. I was young. I did it. Um, then I ended up spending a few years working on my own and then went and got a, went to Bentley to do a master's program in business and thought it was amazing and that that kind of got me out of the trajectory that i'm on now it's you know it's funny so i always ask people like what they graduated in college mainly because I, I it's always such a not probably let's say 70 percent of the time what somebody graduated in college has nothing to do with what they're doing today that's why i always ask that question because it's always interesting what's in political science i have people that were you know they were a writing major and i guess i could play into digital marketing but it's just interesting like there's been some people that are just I was theater and now I'm, you know, a CEO of this company, which is 
you know, I guess maybe Peter could play into it a little bit, but it's just not that direct connect. So it's always kind of interesting to kind of find that out. Um, yeah. And then what was your, what was your first job out of college, man? What'd you do that when you got out of college? Construction. I did construction yeah. right out of college. And then I went and worked for a, a company called uh, EF um, Education, which is a educational travel company. So that was super cool. I did sales there. And then I also, as a perk, we got to like go to Europe for a couple of weeks and I went to Italy and Greece and, you know, that, that was um, the job. The, the people at the company were amazing. The job was not what I wanted to do, but the, the yeah. perks and the people were great. I was going to say at age 20, that sounds terrible. We traveling all over the, the world and, and people paying for the bills. I mean, last time, I mean, how do we sign up for that again? I mean, you know, right. not that you don't want to be with your wife and your kids, but I'm like, I'm sure those sounds like it was a pretty fun time last time I checked. Yeah. It was a really good time. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I've done a lot of, when I was younger, I did a lot. Well, we still do a lot of traveling, but when I was younger, I did, you know, I went to Costa Rica and studied Spanish there and was there for about, well, it's about six months the first time. Um, and just awesome. I mean, just, you know, just culturally, my, my family's always traveled a lot. So I've always been really big into the, you know, other people's cultures and what they do and understanding that it's always been kind of embedded in me. And I think even till today, I'm always looking for my next place to go to, right? Like what, what where can yeah. I go and, and try to, you know, tell people that we're not ugly, all ugly Americans and that we are really awesome people and that we can be cool, you know? So I, I try to represent the U.S. as best as I can. It's funny, almost everywhere you go, everywhere I go, I run into super cool people, like everywhere. So it makes you think like, are just most people really cool? I, I think they are. And I think just the news just portrays everyone else is different than, than they really are. Well, the other thing too is I'm a big person or a big fan of like energy. You know, you seem like you're real uptick, like up good, you know, upbeat guy and this kind of stuff. Like to me, it's a big, like if you have this kind of fun atmosphere to you and, and, and then people are naturally gravitate towards you and good times happen. You know, if you're always the bah humbug guy and this, that, and all, everything's against me, then I think it just continues to be against you. Right. It's kind of hard to get out of that mindset. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk to you about today, because obviously you've, you've had your agency for a long time now, and I know you guys have done some big things. I wanted to talk about, you, you guys specialize in a lot of things, but I wanted to talk about a Pareto principle with you and, and SEO, because um, I thought sure. that was interesting and in how you guys kind of, how you guys put that together. Because the way you guys, what I, what I know about you guys, because I've, I've, you know, once again, been looking into you guys for a long time, is just how you guys do things. You do things pretty, a lot differently than other agencies and have built out a, a pretty phenomenal agency from that. So talk to me about, the Pareto principle, which I understand what it is, but maybe for the audience and kind of give us a little definition of that and, and how you, you know, how you guys apply that. Sure. So Pareto principle is the, is the uh, old 20, 80, 20 rule where, um, you know, 20% of the effort um, usually produces 80, you know, if you focus on 20% of the, the effort, it typically produces 80% of the results. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, according to Pareto, it applies to almost every facet. It applies to business. It applies to exercise. It applies to farming, right? So there are so many applications where the 80-20 rule comes into play and how it, what it has to do with search engine optimization. I always say that we have a different model with SEO, which is a pay for performance model. But I always tell people that, that we're not doing anything that any other good SEO agency is doing. There's no big secret. The big secret is there's no secret to search engine optimization. But one of the things that we've discovered is, you know, Google 
Google does between three to 400 algorithm updates a year, if you, uh, according to, to map cuts from Google. Um, and one of the things that, that we've found is that if you focus on 20% of the changes that Google is making, you can ignore the other 80. But what these, the 20% have one of two things in common. So I always, we, we focus on one of, we, we focus on two principles in search engine optimization. And one is relevance and the second is user experience, right? So Google is a, Google's a relevance engine. Its job is to return the most relevant page, not website, but page for the keyword phrase that you're typing in. So if you Google the word basketball, Wikipedia, which is my favorite website in the world that outranks every noun, verb, and adjective, they're page one, top three for almost every noun, verb, and adjective. If you Google basketball, Wikipedia outranks the NBA. And they're doing it in part because that page that you that is page one, number one for basketball is relevant only to the keyword phrase basketball. And it has all these other supporting stories and words that make it point the relevance of that word basketball. So, so the number one principle in everything we do is, is it relevant? And people get really caught up on, well, Google's making all these changes and I'm super confused. Do I have to focus on, on this tactic or this tactic? Or, or what about building links or, or, you know, um, what are you doing with social shares, right? If it doesn't point to relevance, it's, it's not helping because if, if Google gets away from relevance, people are going to stop using that. So if you're doing anything organically and you, and you can't answer, is this relevant? It's probably crap. It's not going to work. Right. Um, the second piece is the user experience. And if you think about all the things that, that relate to the user experience that Google's dinging you for, it goes back to the, my first piece of information, which was, uh, is this going to help people continue to use Google, right? So Google's job is to make sure that people continue to use it. So if you have a site that doesn't have an SSL or it's not secure, people are going to go and do a Google search and click a site and get hacked. They don't want, Google doesn't want that. If you go to a site that doesn't work on your phone, Google doesn't want that because they know most people are using their phones now and that's, that's aggravating. So people might stop using Google. If you go to a site and it takes 15 minutes to load, people are going to bounce off and, and stop going to that. So Google's rewarding you for things that, that increase the user experience. So it's relevance or the user experience. And that those things fall under 20% of the things that Google is putting out in their algorithm updates. The rest of the things are trying to catch people from doing crap. They're not supposed that's to true. do Right. Like, you know, like link farming, right. Getting good relevant links to a site is, is a long outreaching process, but I can write a program that can get 150,000 links in a minute, right. By building all these sites that spider off and that, but that, that's not, it doesn't reward. It's not relevant. Right. And it's not helping the user experience It's just trying to game the system. And yes, it could work, but you're eventually going to get caught. So just don't worry about it. Focus on, you know, am I making it better for the client? I mean, the user, or is this relevant? So that's what we, we focus on. Green banana. And, it, and it's so funny because when you say it, 
it's like so basic and in, in, in understanding because I think people do get all tied up in Google and the changes and this and that. Are we going to, is it going to hurt us and not hurt us? And just the fact of relevancy, but the way that you explain relevancy, I think makes a thousand percent sense. I've never thought of it. I mean, I, I understand relevance and the reason why yeah. it helps with SEO, but it really, it's what it comes down to is like, you just, Google just wants to look good. And these are the things that they need. You need to check off your box to look good for Google, for them to index you for certain keywords. And it starts off with, is it relevant? Like that's, you know, Google, that's what they care about. They care about showing the best results within 2.2 seconds, going through 1 billion websites and having you pop up number one, assuming that once again, you check out these boxes of relevancy and page speed and things that once again, make them look good and make it so they're, they're giving the best results for that. Right. And, and, and if you, you know, take it another one step further, or you kind of boil it down a little more, if, if I want to rank for best pizza in Miami, how many ways can I change my site and, and still keep that relevance? So you can't do 600 changes to your website a year or 400 changes to your website a year for the last 11 years and, and, still, and, and have it still relevant for the keyword phrase, best pizza in Miami. It's just, it's, it's statistically impossible. Yeah. So a lot of these things that people get spun up about is, you know, I got this chart from someone and there's a lot of red and graphs and, and ugly things on here. So I know I need SEO. Well, you ranking for all the things that are important? Well, yeah. Well, then why are you worried about this, this report that someone sent you that doesn't make sense to you? Anyways? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that it is some of it. I mean, I think because the, when people think about SEO, it's just, it's like, I mean, most of agency or most of the people that would come to us for SEO are people that had an SEO company, they had no idea what was going on. They weren't explained anything. They think it's some magic. We're not just not supposed to ask questions. They send a reporting that has nothing to do with the keywords they care about. You're like, yeah, but we're number one for like, you know, blue widgets in Miami. And I'm like, but do you sell blue widgets in Miami? No, but we're number one. Right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, do you want to start selling blue widgets in Miami so you can optimize that? Or like, what's the, what's the deal? You know, it's like, and I think that's what we talk about when we just talk about overall relevancy and, and some of those things. There's some core things that Google's never going to change, no matter what happens with the algorithm, right? Like it's like, it, and I love the how you look at it from that perspective. Thanks, Kevin, for simplifying the entire concept of SEO and explaining how the Pareto Principle works with it. It was a fun discussion, but because all good things must come to an end, we'll have to wrap up the conversation for today. On our next episode, I'll be back with Kevin to discuss exciting concepts like quantum theory and his experience of growing a digital marketing agency. Have you ever worked with an SEO company and had no idea what they were doing for your business? As I mentioned, a lot of our clients have come to us with similar issues. If you're looking for an agency that will not only help you rank on Google, but will also do it for the right keywords, you can reach out to our team at shanebarker.com. Apart from our SEO skills, we also take pride in our transparency and will keep you in the loop during the entire process. Stay tuned to Shane Barker's Marketing Growth Podcast.